Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster. On today's episode, I have the guest back that was with me last week, Brad Winter. And, you know, Brad, we had a pretty good time last week, I think, yeah, talking a little NFL, talking other sports. And so uh, I wanted to bring you on again, um, mostly because I I like the, the consistency of, um, of if I have my last guest on, have them come on, especially when it gets down to the predictions, we can kind of, uh, you know, um, heckle each other about that. But nonetheless, <laughs> Brad, how are you today? I'm doing great, Robert. How are you doing, sir? I'm all right. I'm all right. All right, so let's jump right into it, shall we? All right. Um, the week seven of the NFL started out with the Chiefs putting a whooping on the Broncos 30-6. to six. But it, it came, you know, the game was pretty close, and then Patrick Mahomes got hurt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I was like, okay, well, Patrick Mahomes being hurt and then he was officially ruled out. I'm thinking, okay, the the, the Broncos, they could should be able to pull this game off. But then mm-hmm. Joe Flacco became um, a shell of what he was a few years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Chiefs defense, I mean, they they stepped up, which is something which is nice to see, and especially for Chiefs fans. Uh, I assume that's nice to see. Now, granted, though, I I don't think that Patrick Mahomes is going to be out. He's supposed to be out for three weeks, if not longer. That means that they have to – that Chiefs defense is going to have to step up against the Packers. And we saw what Aaron Rodgers done this week, and we'll get into that next, actually. Mm-hmm. And then we saw – and then he's got to face the Vikings, and we've seen what Dalvin Cook has done, plus uh, what Kirk Cousins has done over the last couple of weeks as well. Mm-hmm. And then – you know, and then they face a Titans team at in Nashville who, well, they found some life this week. Uh, and, and But now if I had to pick out of those three teams, uh, the the Chiefs definitely have the best chance to beat the Titans. And they the Chiefs probably need one of those wins. And so I'm, I'm, I know they're going to try to get at least the Packers or the Vikings, but uh, their best chance is the, is the Titans game. And that's if Patrick Mahomes is not out longer. But what, you know, I don't know. I don't know what, I mean, the headline for that is Patrick Mahomes is hurt and he's going to be out. Um, I think that that's really about all you can really say about that besides the fact that uh, the Chiefs defense did show up. Do you have any thoughts on that game? Uh, no, I think I think it just goes to show you that Joe Flacco, I think, is uh, past his little, uh, I guess, the, his peak. Um, he's shown that the last years in, at Baltimore, and I think he's shown that again in Denver. But I think that I think if you if you're a Chiefs fan though, I mean Matt Moore did a pretty decent job coming in for relief, uh, and it's just three weeks, and the AFC West uh, is definitely winnable outside the Raiders. So I think they have a lot of I think still think they have a lot of uh, a lot of hope for winning the division and making the playoffs. Right, and and that's the thing too. They're in a division where all three te- all three other teams in the division lost and they won this week. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're up, I believe they're up three games on the Raiders right now. I think and they are. So, yeah. And so if they were to lose those three, I'd still put my money on the chiefs winning it. But 
But, you know, and that's, of course, if the Raiders could – yeah, I mean, they have to win the next three too. But I just – you know, my thing is, is uh, I believe that the Chiefs are on bye week. They have – I believe that they, they play the Chargers right after the Titans and then they're on bye week. So, really, if – if they, especially if they can pull out maybe the win against the Titans and defend, depending on where the division's at, if if Patrick Mahomes can't come back for the Chargers game, uh, now granted, again, I guess it just depends on where the division's at and everything. Uh, maybe they don't uh, bring Patrick Mahomes back for that Chargers game and lets him get one more week, or two more weeks, really, uh, of rest. And and so we'll we'll have to see about that, but. But I mean, we'll we'll just have to see about that, and we'll see if maybe um, if maybe I don't know if maybe the Chiefs and the the Chiefs defense can just hold up. I guess. Yeah, true. But I would say, like going forward, if I'm a Chiefs fan, I would be worried about the AFC West and missing the playoffs. I think I think they're good. Uh, Andy Reid's a great coach. I, I don't think they have anything to worry about. You're right. Uh, you know, and and. Uh, there was a little speculation. I heard some people talking about it, uh, maybe trading uh, Marcus Mariota to the to the to the Chiefs. Uh, but uh, there's no reason for the Chiefs to do that. And so, and so, yeah. I mean, uh, all right. So let's move on. I assume we can move on to the next game, and and just. We could we'll talk about the Chiefs maybe a little later whenever we get into the into next week's games because that Chiefs Packers game I was looking forward to Patrick Mahomes versus Aaron Rodgers, yeah. And, but but of course that's not gonna happen, mm-hmm. and uh, and that's kind of sad to me really, but that's okay. All right. So the speaking of the Packers, Packers and Raiders, Aaron Rodgers, to put it simply. He went off in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely went off in this game. I don't necessarily think he ha- he thought he really had to to beat the Raiders. And then again, I could be wrong. The Raiders did beat the Bears two weeks ago. But still, um, I-, I think that the Packers showed something in this game. I think that they showed that they have a they have a definite uh, prowess about them. They. They're able, they are able to pass, possibly take over the NFC. Now, granted, we'll get to the Saints, and, and even the Cowboys showed something. Even though the Cowboys lost to the Packers and then they lost to the Jets last week, uh, I think the Cowboys showed something as well. But, granted, what was your thoughts on the Packers-Raiders game? I mean, me personally, I just think that, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, he, he showed out, and, uh, and he done a lot of good with, with limited weapons. Also, because he, he, you know, he still didn't have Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think I think Aaron Rodgers has reestablished himself as, hey, guys, like, I'm still here in the league. I'm still an MVP candidate, whether you like it or not, which I'm not a big fan of Aaron Rodgers. He's not a terrible athlete. I'm just not a big fan of him off the field. But, I mean, he threw for 429 yards, five touchdowns, rushed for another. I thought they would be a lot closer. Uh, the Packers seem they had things falling their way, whether it's a flag or not a flag or uh, – you know, or just some kind of block. But, uh, you know, I, I kind of take away from this game is is uh, are, the, are the Packers the new NFC favorites uh, after the last couple of weeks? I, I think so. I think that they're – I think that they're 
pretty close to being the favorites. I mean, I, I think that you still have to look at how the what the Saints have done and especially mm-hmm. what they did to the Bears. You know, yeah. Sean Payton is coaching his way into a into a coach of the year uh award. Okay. Uh, what he's done, I mean, what they done to the Bears and they didn't have their two best players on the offense. Well, I, I Michael Thomas is I mean, I don't know if I I don't know if I would say that that maybe another discussion for another day, but still, they didn't have two of their best players in Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, and so you know, and 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 granted, I guess we could just jump to that one real quick just to talk about it since we're on that subject. Now, the Saints, though, is it you know the Bears' defense? Listen, you let up thirty six points. I get that, but. I don't really blame the Bears defense a whole lot for that because whenever you're whenever you're back onto the field every four plays, you know, whenever your offense can't do anything, mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to get tired. And the Saints took advantage of that. Sean Payton's a great head coach. He's a great play caller. And he just, I mean, I think that Matt Nagy, uh, I think he's a little over his head. Um, with the Bears, and, and he's young. He's he's young. He's, he's getting experience now. But I, I just think that um, when it comes to the NFC, there's a lot of good teams, and the Saints and the Packers are definitely right there at the top. And then, of course, there's some teams like the Cowboys, Vikings. And honestly, I'd still say the, maybe even the Lions and the Bears are – oh, and I forgot about the uh, 49ers. You know, the 49ers being as good as they are uh, surprises me. But it, uh, but you know, I think I think that they're forgotten. They're the only other undefeated team besides the Patriots, and yep. so yeah. But but nonetheless, I do think that it's the 49ers, Packers, Saints uh, at the top, and and we'll get to the 49ers in a minute. I kind of have a little bit of a hot take on them, but yeah, I mean, I don't. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that the Packers are definitely up at the top, and they're definitely uh, contenders, that's for sure. Yeah, the NFC, I think – I agree with you. I think the top three are the Saints, the Packers, the 49ers. Uh, 49ers are kind of like the Bills of the NFC right now. You're not really sure if you want to buy them or not. Um, they have beat some decent teams, uh, and they have overcome some games, like a 5 turnover performance against my Steelers. Uh, but I think a lot of people just don't know if they can trust him just yet. I know they just traded for Emmanuel Sanders. We'll see if that works out. Uh, but the other team, I mean, the Vikings, they could realistically be a threat. And the Bears, even though they're having their uh, offensive woes, I still think they could be a good playoff team. So the NFC is not doing bad this year at all, at least compared to the AFC. Uh, but, yeah, the Saints, uh, that didn't really surprise me. I think the only thing is I think people need to put this Bridgewater versus Breeze controversy to the rest. Uh, Breeze is an amazing quarterback. He was before Teddy Bridgewater came in, uh, and it's not going to change. I think Bridgewater knows his role as a backup quarterback, and that's why the Saints have kept him for so long, uh, for the last, like, two, three years. Um, and so, anyway, so that's my big thing with the Saints is Bridgewater's done great, and I'm not saying that he needs to go right back on the bench, but I really don't think there should be a question between Breeze and Bridgewater. Well, I think, I think you know, Breeze is in the last year of his contract, correct? Yeah. And so, is this maybe his final year? I think that if they win, if the Saints win the Super Bowl, I think it will be his final year. Uh, yeah, I think I it's one of you know, it's just one of those things where it's really the the Super Bowl. I think has really, um, I, I guess you could say, 
gotten away from the Saints the last couple of years because, you know, they had the uh, miracle in Minneapolis or Minnesota, whatever. Yeah. And then, um, and then, of course, last year with the uh, whole blown um, PI call Uh, Mm -hmm. or no, uh, no PI call, sorry. But nonetheless, uh, and so I just think this is the year. This is perfect. I, but I do think that Teddy Bridgewater, um, I think that he, I think he, that maybe he's the quarterback of the future for the Saints. And uh, I don't see why not. I, it's obvious that he's been doing good with them and he fits their system well enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that there is, I think that there is a, a competition to it. A, a question to it if Breeze comes in and struggles. Uh, I mean, then I think that Sean Payton has to look at it and say, well, you know, Teddy Bridgewater was doing, you know, look at how good he was doing, and then Bree- and then Breeze comes in and, and, and struggles. So I, I just think that – I just think that – I don't think that there's any QB controversy nonetheless, but mm-hmm. I do think that – the Saints have a pretty good uh, scapegoat of sort to to okay. go to if if they had to if they had to get away from Breeze and, and Breeze yeah. is Breeze is a great quarterback. I I fully believe that if he wanted to come back next year, that the Saints would re-sign him. Uh, the same thing with Philip Rivers with the Chargers. Uh, Rivers, this is I believe his last year as well on contract. Uh, but yeah. I don't, you know, and, and maybe. You know, they, they, I was, I said last week on the podcast, I wasn't going to go to that game, but I wound up going to the game. And, uh, mm-hmm. and, you know, the Chargers, they keep finding ways to lose. And granted, of course, as a Titans fan, I was happy that they did lose, but, you know, it, it was, it was kind of a shame. Uh, we were sitting in that end zone that they were trying to mm-hmm. get into. And, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> you could just kind of see that that the Titans defense, especially on those on those last couple of run plays uh, by Melvin Gordon, like you knew, you could see that they knew what was coming. And yeah. and, and you know, Wiz and Hun is 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 supposed to be a whiz at offensive play calling, but it just I think he could have dialed up something a little better. Uh, something that the, maybe the Titans weren't expecting as much. But nonetheless, uh, I think that Rivers will be able to be back as well. But with their draft position, could he possibly mm-hmm. be the could he possibly be the quote unquote bridge guy? Maybe only re-sign him to a one to two year deal and go out and draft a quarterback because this is a quarterback rich draft. Uh, you know, I, I don't I don't know I don't I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, but the Chargers look to be in the market uh, to have a higher draft pick. Yeah, yeah, and I, that's that's something I came away with the Chargers uh, Titans game as we transition to that is, uh, which I do real quick think that Bridgewater could definitely be the, the quarterback of the future for the Saints, right? Uh, no doubt there. But as far as Titans Chargers go, yeah, I was really surprised at this game. Uh, but I think really, I mean, the question is, is is Phillips just much just as much as Eli Manning is he done? Um, they don't have a good a good backup to put up in there. I'm not saying it's all Phil Rivers' fault, but he hasn't been doing too good this year. So, um, granted, he did have 330 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, I still wonder: is it a coaching thing, or is it really uh, is it time to move on from Philip Rivers? Well, you know, and here's the thing too: you move on from Philip Rivers, and there's teams out there I think would 
would really consider bringing him in. I think a team like the Tennessee Titans would consider bringing him in. Uh, a couple of yeah. years ago, there was talks about trading for him. And so, uh, yeah, so I, I truly believe that there's a team like the Titans. If, if they knew that they could get him in free agency instead of, you know, then they can use that draft pick on maybe drafting a, a defensive end and then maybe using a – because it's a quarterback-rich draft. I mean, they could – they could draft a quarterback in the second, third round, uh, maybe even like a Jalen Hurts. I mean, he may fall uh, to that. And so um, I'm not a big fan of Jalen Hurts, but I'm just trying to use a, uh, you know, uh, maybe a guy like Jordan Love. I don't I don't think, I believe that's his first name, out of Utah State. I don't know if he will. I don't know if he could fall to the second or third, but that guy's got a lot of talent, and he's just not really known because he's, well, he plays for Utah State. So, but. Uh, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, um, anyways, I, I don't want to spend too much time on them. Uh, I do believe that the <laughs> – I, I want to I just say one thing about the Rams-Falcons. Well, two things, really. Uh, the Rams-Falcons game, it looks like the Rams got back on track, sort of. Todd Gurley's back in the mix. Uh, and so it looks like they were able to maybe get back on track. Uh, the The Falcons look to be – Maybe starting a semi-rebuilding mode. They got rid of Mohamed Sanu for a second-round pick today to the uh, Patriots. You know, the rich get richer, of course. And uh, and uh, I guess the only question I have for the Falcons is, uh, will this be the last week Dan Quinn coaches them? And Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I agree with you. I mean, I know you can say, well, Matt Ryan's been hurt, but – I mean, the problem's been way before Matt Ryan got hurt. Oh, yeah. I mean, before they even played the Rams, they're 1-5, and they come into this game at home, and Devontae Freeman's punching, you know, Donald, and Matt Ryan gets hurt, and they just put up this really bad performance. I'll just leave it there. Really bad performance at home. Uh, yeah, I think if they lose next week, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's fired middle of the season. Well, and you really, with the Falcons, you go back to the 28-3 to Comeback by the Patriots. Oh, okay, yeah. what are we at? Three. It was like three minutes and twenty-four seconds, something like that. Forty-something three seconds. Twenty-eight seconds or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, it was three minutes twenty-eight. Yeah, uh, and you know, we go back to that. That's when their problems started. They have a very mm-hmm. talented team. You know, I believe they missed the playoffs the next year. They, no, I, I believe that they they made the playoffs the next year, and then lost in the. Divisional round, I believe. Then they missed the playoffs last year. Yes, they missed the playoffs last year. And then this year, they're definitely going to miss the playoffs. I mean, they'd have to have some kind of miracle turnaround. And, uh, you know, I think that that's not going to happen with Dan Quinn as the head coach. So, no, I agree. Um, I, I wanted to speak on the 49ers Redskins game real quick, too. Uh, listen, I know that a lot of people probably looked at that game and they said, oh, well, nine to nothing. What? I thought the 49ers were great. And listen, I think the 49ers are, are a good team. And, and granted, the weather conditions was the reason why it was nine to nothing. I don't know. I didn't watch the game, but I have seen the highlights and I've watched them a couple of times because they're, you know, if, if you were wanting a, if you were wanting to make a comedy football show, those highlights would have worked because they those guys were slipping and sliding, and I mean it was just um, it was the mud bowl out there. Uh, yeah, and and the Forty ers were uh, they were the mud dogs, and they came out with a, a nine to nothing win. 
And uh, it's just a, it's just one of those things where I think the you know the Forty Niners. This this is my hot take on the Forty Niners. I believe that the Forty Niners, even though they have started out six and zero, I believe that the Forty ers can still make the playoffs or will make the playoffs. But I believe the Forty ers will not will not win the NFC West. It's okay. just that I. Listen, I know that they beat the Rams. I get that. But I think the way that they beat the Rams is definitely a fixable thing for Sean McVay and the Rams. And they can – and granted, they're going to have to face them again and Sam Fran. But I think that how they lost – how the Rams lost to the 49ers is fixable. I think that they can fix it, and I think that they can beat them. And I just I, – I don't know. I, I think the – I want to say that the Seahawks are hot, but then and we could talk about that game next. Is the Seahawks? They they went. They were at home, uh, and they lost to the Ravens. Uh, I believe that it's only the second time that the Seahawks have lost at home, or Russell Wilson and the Seahawks have lost at home by more than two scores. I believe that's correct. I think I heard that somewhere. Uh, okay. And so you know that that's the thing too about. Uh, I think the Ravens are I, – I don't want to say that they're pretenders, Brad. I really don't. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I don't know if I can say they're contenders. You know, I think that they have a great chance of winning the AFC North. But, uh, but then again, I think every team in that, in that division besides the Bengals have a, um, have a good chance of winning the AFC North. So uh, – and it could be iffy on your Steelers, but granted, uh, I will I will let you to uh, you know defend your case on that. But nonetheless, um, I, I just think that with the Ravens, man, it's like they Lamar Jackson he he runs all day on uh, one Sunday, and then the next Sunday he uh, you know he's he's turning the ball over. I I just you know he's in the MVP conversation, uh, but. I just – I don't know. I, I don't know what to think. And, and maybe this is the game that's going to propel them because the Seahawks are a good team and you're playing at Seattle. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Marcus Peters, he obviously came up big for him too with that pick six. But, nonetheless, um, you know, did you have any thoughts on the Ravens-Seahawks game? Yeah, or so the- real quick, let's revisit the 49ers real quick. Um, okay. That was just that was just an ugly game. I mean, halftime it was 0-0. Right. Uh, Interception, turnover rundowns. Uh, missed field goals. So, yeah, boring game. We'll see the 49ers. Uh, they just picked up Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, I wonder if that will help their offense a little bit. I think it will. John Lynch has been a great hire as far as GM goes. Um, but, yeah, 49ers. Ravens, Seahawks. I was really surprised. Uh, like you said, the AFC North is kind of still up for grabs, and the Ravens have been kind of back and forth, like you said. Yeah. Um, and they go to CenturyLink, and I'm thinking, man, the Seahawks are 5-1. and one. They're good again. The the link is going to be loud. It's going to be rambunctious. Um, And Lamar Jackson turns around and outrushes the Ravens' opponent for the third time this season. And so um, when your quarterback outrushes uh, your entire team, it's it's pretty sad. Um, And so uh, do I think the Ravens are a legitimate contender to the Patriots? Uh, Right now, I I would say yes. Uh, Do I think they're going to win the AFC? No. But I do think that they can definitely pose a threat to the Patriots right now especially the Marcus Peter ad. I think Marcus Peter was just kind of unhappy. The Rams were trying to spark their defense somehow with the Jalen Ramsey trade. Um, and so 
Uh, as a Steelers fan, I'm not too happy at Marcus Peter the Marcus Peter trade right. uh, because uh, I think the Ravens uh, we, we should have beat them that one week, but I still think they're a good team uh, regardless of with whether we should have won or not. Um, but yeah, I think I think the ball I think Baltimore uh, and potentially Indy we can hit that next or go for that later. But I think those two teams out of the AFC could be potentially the biggest threat right now to the Patriots. Right. Let's talk about the Colts and the Texans, shall we? Uh, you know the Colts. Uh, this was a huge win for them, and the, the Colts. Listen, I what they're doing in up in Indianapolis, I think is is amazing. But I think it also goes to show how good of a of a backup quarterback they had in Jacoby Brissett, who who is now a legitimate starter, obviously. Mm-hmm. But they they hit it with him. And uh, you know, he came out as a third round pick, so we can't, you know, we can't act like, oh well, well, this guy's, you know, you know, you know, he just came off the street. But nonetheless, I mean Frank Wright is doing a magnificent job with that Colts team. And I believe that the Colts can uh, – I believe that the Colts have a legitimate shot um, to, to make it far into the playoffs. I, I don't know if I could see them. If they were to have to go back to Kansas City in the playoffs, I don't know if I could see them beating them again. I just I, – but, uh, but then again, I, I don't know if I see anybody but the Patriots representing the AFC in the Super Bowl. But nonetheless, uh, the AFC South, though, when it comes to the Texans, I, I think that the Texans still have a very good chance of winning the AFC South. They close out with – they close their last two or three games. They get to play uh, my Tennessee Titans, and, uh, and they've always been able to uh, give them a fit. And so uh, give the Titans a fit, that is, and, and, and be able to um, get the wins against them, especially at home. And that's their final game, and I just I think that those could be those could be games that the Texans are probably looking forward to and should be looking forward to, and so. But nonetheless, I so I still think that the Texans can win this division, win the AFC South, but the Colts, uh, the Colts. I I don't want to say I'm surprised, but I I do like I I just I love the coaching. That's for sure. I love the coaching. I love that Jacoby Brissett's doing good. Uh, and, and that's from, that's me being completely unbiased. I mean, I just, I love it. I love the fact that, you know, that they're showing people, Hey, you shouldn't have counted us out after luck retired. And that's obvious. They shouldn't have counted them out. And, you know, they, they have a blip on the record. They lost to the Raiders and the Chargers. We're looking back at it. How'd you lose to the Chargers? And maybe even how'd you lose to the Raiders? But nonetheless, the Colts, I think are a good team. Yeah, I think Jacoby Brissett's definitely playing with the chip on his shoulder. You know, luck retires. They're like, oh, well, the Colts, you know, there goes their playoff dreams. Um, he had four pass touchdowns against the Texans. I mean, that's, and that's a career high for him. And so uh, I think the Texans, Texans might have been caught off guard. They're probably going in this thinking, hey, they're playing with a super depleted def- defense. Uh, T.Y. Hillen hasn't been himself since, last, uh, since the first three games of the season. Um, and the Colts were able to go in there and just surprise them, catch them off guard, and do well. So – yeah, I, in the Texans, I still think they have a chance when the AFC South uh, with Deshaun Watson, that defense, uh, DeAndre Hawkins, good team. Well, uh, and but I, the Texans I, just the Texans just traded for Gary on Conley, who wasn't doing okay. that great for the Raiders, but I mean they just traded a third round pick for him. Uh, the Texans have thrown have traded away a lot of picks, and so I don't know if they expect uh, this team to just 
be really good over the next few years and not need a bunch of picks. But I mean, they have they have traded away a lot of picks, and I don't know if it's because they don't have a GM in place or what. But oh my, mm-hmm. you know, it's uh, I don't know how bright. I think Deshaun Watson, DeAndre Hopkins have a bright future, but I don't know how bright the future truly is for the Texans as a whole because you know you know four or five years down the road they're going to be looking back and. Those picks that they traded away, we'll, we'll just have to see if that worked out for them or not. Yeah, and I think – I mean, I've never been a really big Bill O'Brien fan. I'm a Penn State fan. I, th- I thought he did well at Penn State based off the circumstances he had. Uh, but since making that transition to NFL as a head coach and not just a quarterback coach, um, I, I really – I don't think he's been the best fit for the Texans. I think if they, if they don't make the playoffs this year, I don't think he's there anymore. Well, and and I honestly thought that he was definitely on the hot seat. I mean, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I think that with because of how down the AFC South is, I think it'd be a shame if they didn't make it. Not well, not just the AFC South, but the AFC as a whole. I think that it'd be a shame if they didn't make it. But nonetheless, uh, all right. So, um, kind of digress with them. Uh, we got mm-hmm. three games that kind of. Eh, I think we can just look at it and be like, well, you know, you had the Jaguars, Bengals. Okay, Jaguars won. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you had the Dolphins, Bills. Hey, listen, how the Bills allow the Dolphins twenty-one points? How the Bills defense do that? Like what? Yeah, sure. Because <laughs> their defense behind the Patriots are one of the best in the AFC. Uh, but my favorite part of that game was Carlos Hyde uh, running back that onside kick for a touchdown. Carlos Hyde. Hmm. What is it, Carlos Hyde? Uh, yeah, you said Carlos Hyde. I don't know. It may have been a guy that was – I don't know. Anyways, uh, yeah. Either way, they ran back an onside kick. I mean, that's impressive, so. Right. Um, so, but with the – I mean, but with the Bills, though, I mean, do you think that this is a game that you kind of look at it or you look at it like, well, it's a divisional game, you know, Brian Flores. I mean, he's, he obviously – he's playing the Bills enough to where he knows them. I mean, so is this something that we shouldn't really be – focus too much on the Bills and how they done? Yeah, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I think – I mean, honestly, I think – oh, it's Marcus Hyde, by the way, not Carlos Hyde. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But, yeah, I mean, I think – I mean, it just shows you that the Bills are, are the Bills. I mean, yeah, they owe 21 points to the Dolphins, but they still won. I mean, I think even if you have sloppy wins, a win's a win um, until you start sliding. Now, if it's like two, three games in a row – yeah, worried there. But right now, if I'm a Bills fan, I'm not too worried. I know I'm probably not winning the East against the Patriots, but I want to get into the playoffs this year. So Yeah, I think the Bills are definitely set up to be able to make the playoffs. And honestly, if you look at their schedule, I mean, if they don't make the playoffs, I think that they, like, I think that if they can't make the playoffs with what their remaining schedule is, I think Sean McDermott may be out. Honestly. Yeah. I mean, and he's a good coach. I think he's a great coach, but it's like, you know, you start out where they they're now uh, they're now six and one, I believe. No, they're they're only five and one. They're five and one, right? Yeah, for the first time since two thousand eight. So. Right, but they have a really good schedule, and so yeah. But I mean, I, you know, I think that there's there's definitely teams out there though that I think they could possibly uh, lose to. Micah Hyde, by the way, Micah Hyde. Uh, Micah, I'm all over the place. I, it's hey. fine. I I completely I I kind of forgot about him, but nonetheless. <laughs> um, all right, the last game uh, – well, two more games, I'm sorry. Uh, well, three, really. Uh, the the 
Cardinals Giants game. Listen, uh, a couple of years, a couple of weeks ago, three weeks ago actually, the Cardinals didn't have a win. I said that they would beat the Falcons. Hmm. Who? Well, no way. I'm sorry. They who they play? Be, no, they Bengals. They were playing the Bengals. I said they beat the Bengals, the Falcons, and then I was saying that they beat the. Well, last week I picked the Giants to win, but I was also saying that if the Cardinals could win it, they'd be 500. They actually, yes, they're 500 now. They're three, three, and one. But here's the deal. They've allowed more points than they've gotten. Maybe that offense is clicking, but you barely beat a Giants team that just isn't that great on defense and all the offense just hasn't been together long enough. I just I don't I just don't see it. I, I don't I, they're definitely pretenders and they play the Saints and the 49ers next. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, yeah. Uh, the Cardinals uh, true colors are about to be shown. That's for sure. Um, uh, I yeah I agree with that yeah I, there's nothing more to say to that besides if I'm the Giants if I'm a Giants fan I'm happy I'm getting Saquon Barkley back this week right right all right Cowboys Eagles game you know really I thought that we could spend a lot of time talking about this but the Cowboys dominated it I, and I don't I mean I don't know if it was just the Eagles not looking good or just the Cowboys looking way better um, I mean. I just I don't know. I mean, but is it maybe kind of a fluke type dominance? Like, do we expect that out of the Cowboys or or what? So I don't. I wouldn't say it's a fluke. And the reason I want to say it's a fluke is because the Eagles secondary has been garbage. Like they've had a lot of injuries happen to their secondary, and they have been able to recover. I mean, they should be the one trading for Jalen Ramsey or or Marcus Peters. You know, because their secondary is just. It's banged up right now, and it shows every game because they get burned every game. And so, and granted, you can say, well, Dak Prescott had several rushing touchdowns and yada, yada. That's great. But until the Eagles fix their defense, um, I think they have a long way to go. Yeah, uh, and Landon, I think his name's Landon Johnson. Uh, yeah, that's his name. Uh, he, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> he uh, – he spoke out about the Eagles, and he said, you know, that there's going to be some people called out in uh, in team meetings. And uh, and so maybe there's some dysfunction going on there. But nonetheless, with the Eagles, they, they look as they, – they were about the, – they look to be the only other team in the NFC East that were challengers. And, well, it looks like the Cowboys could possibly run away with that with that division, but we will uh, – we'll see. All right. Um, last game is the Patriots-Jets. I, uh, you know, Brad, I'm seeing, I am seeing zeros. I'm not seeing ghosts, but uh, I'm seeing zeros. Oh, man, uh, okay. <laughs> I'm seeing zeros because that's what the Jets done. 33 to nothing against the Patriots. The Patriots are, that is uh, one of the most dominant defenses I think I've ever seen. Uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, numbers show that they are the most dominant defense so far. They're better than the 85 Bears at the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. and so, you know, uh, they're better than the 2000 Ravens. They're, you know, they're, that defense allows Tom Brady to not show his age. And, mm-hmm. you know, there's some Patriot fans. If they listen to this, they're probably not going to like that. But Tom Brady, he doesn't have to throw as much because that defense, that defense has, has scored more points than they've allowed. You know, I think, yeah. what is it, like three times as much or two times as much at least? And so yeah, – Three times. Right. And, and so, you know, I mean, 
this may be the first time the Tom Brady's not actually had to do a whole lot. Uh, but, you know, the running game kind of got back on track maybe a little bit with Sony Michelle for fantasy purposes. I hope it did. But, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, really, that's – the Patriots just continue to, uh, I mean, be the Patriots, I guess, right? Like, that's really about yeah. it. Yeah, that's true. I think this is the first time Brady's really had a good – they've had decent defenses – but I think this is the first time Brady's had a good defense. And I, me and a friend were talking about this earlier. His brother's a big Patriots fan. And uh, we were just talking about how – and he has Tom Brady on his fantasy team. And he's like, look, Tom Brady's not giving me a lot of points this year. But he doesn't need to because his defense is standing up for him. Right. And so, so I mean, and I think Sam Darnold, as much as we we're going to make fun of him about seeing ghosts, I think he's the first quarterback to admit it that's faced the Patriots defense this year. And so – and he just happened to be caught on tape. Uh, but they, they're fat. They're really quick. They're fast. Uh, they're in your face. They're physical. Um, and Sam Darnold even looked like he was throwing it scared every time he threw it up. He just kind of hopped back to his back foot and just trying to toss it to get rid of it so it doesn't get lit up. And so, uh, so yeah. I mean, granted, had the Patriots beat you know the Jets seventeen or the last eighteen times, yes, they own the AFC East. But yeah, I mean, their defense is is something. It's almost something enjoyable to watch and I hate the Patriots but I I think I really enjoy watching their defense play well I want to say one more thing before we jump into week eight uh but real quick I I want to say that people are saying the Patriots don't have a good defense or not a good defense people are saying all the Patriots have a cupcake schedule yada 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 listen Patriots can't help that that they are so much better than their opponents and they can't help that their opponents are just not good. Uh, and mm-hmm. so I, I just want to kind of say that uh, the Patriots are – they're doing their job, and that's all Bill Belichick's always asked. And, well, he's definitely got the best – he's definitely got the most out of almost every one of his players he's ever had. So uh, – and and obviously, you know, what do they have, six rings? Eh, you know, yeah. I mean, it kind of shows. But, all right, so up next, we're going to talk about week eight of the NFL season and then – We'll go into predictions. All right, Brad. So week eight of the NFL season is upon us. And uh, it's – I can't believe that, you know, the regular NFL season is about halfway over already. It always goes by way too fast. Yeah, too fast. No, I agree. But but then again, granted, I mean, I'm glad that it's here. I I love playoff time as well, but – uh, I'd, I'd like for the season to, you know, maybe slow down just a little bit. All right, so mm-hmm. let's let's jump into week eight. Um, you know, there's there is some interesting matchups going on. Uh, mm-hmm. The Redskins Vikings on Thursday night. I definitely would not say that's going to be an interesting game. Uh, yeah. I may I may watch the first half mm-hmm. or so. It really depends. I mean, I, I don't know. I, if there's nothing else better to do, I may watch it. But yeah. uh, I, I probably won't watch it for long, that's for sure. It's the uh, Kirk Cousins revenge game on the Redskins. I guess that's what you can call it. That might make mm. it inter- That might make it interesting. Yeah, um, I'm not too ahead. worried about it either. So, I mean, it's the Redskins. So, I mean, they got their one win playing the Dolphins, and that's probably the only win they'll get this year. Right, and we don't know if the Dolphins will get a win. I don't know. I mean, well, they, they do the Dolphins play the Bengals? I believe that, yeah. Well, no. Do they play yeah, the I mean, yeah, they do yeah. week 14. So, I mean, that could yeah. be a football game, you know. Wow. Hmm. It's interesting. All right. 
Uh, well, we don't know who. <laughs> it, both of them could be, uh, you know, O and thirteen at that time, O and twelve, whatever it would be. Yeah. But um, all right. So uh, the next game would be like Seahawks and Falcons. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I think the only thing that really makes this interesting is the fact that this is the game before the bye week, and mm-hmm. I think Dan Quinn, even if he were to pull off a win against the Seahawks, mm-hmm. I think he's still going to lose his job during the bye week. But if he can pull off a win, it may save him for the rest of the season. Uh, I think that's the only thing that really makes it an interesting game. You have Chargers. Mm-hmm. You have the Chargers Bears. Honestly, the Bears have been kind of down. Uh, and so I, I really don't think that this is that interesting of a game, but at the beginning of the year, before the season started, this would have mm-hmm. been a, this would have been a, one of the games of the week, you would think. Yeah. Uh, yeah Giant, no, go ahead. Oh, I was just saying like, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I want to watch, I feel like I would want to watch it based off just the names here in the recent, like five, 10 years, maybe, but it's just, right. yeah, it's not really watchable. Yeah, uh, that that offense of the Bears is just horrible. Defense is great, but the offense is so bad that I don't know. I just saw something where the where there was um, it was it was basically it was an article saying where Cam Newton could wind up if if the Panthers were to trade him, and uh, the Bears were a were one of the top choices. And honestly. Hey. Hmm. Yeah, if he went to the Bears, I think that that's uh, – I mean, he's better than Trubisky. Mm-hmm. And with that defense, yeah, I don't know. The Bears would be pretty uh, – they would definitely – they would definitely submit themselves as a, uh, a better um, – a better a better team in the NFC and, and maybe submit themselves as good of a team as they probably should have been. I mean, granted, at the beginning of the season, there was talks of Mitchell Trubisky in the MVP hunt. And that is uh, yeah, definitely not true. Un- <laughs> right. Uh, right. Yeah. Unless it's like, I don't, you know, the if it was the LVP, the least valuable player, uh, maybe that would be – maybe that would be it. Yeah. Nonetheless, um, you know, I look through here. You got the Giants-Lions. I just – I'm eh, – you know, I'm, I'm kind of not really – I'm not really feeling that one. You got the Jets-Jaguars. Not really feeling that one either. Uh, Bengals Rams. Yeah, I just, uh, uh, <laughs> not, I mean, you know, not the biggest fan of that one. I mean, that is uh, the Rams do what it's in London. So, and I mean, that's good for the people in London. You know, they get another game to watch. Uh, we got the Buccaneers and Titans. Uh, I'm interested in that one only because it's the Titans playing. But honestly, I think I'd be really interested. I think that it would be a more interesting game if Mariota was still starting for the Titans. I mean, because mm-hmm. Mari- the first game of Jameis Winston Mariota's career uh, as an NFL starter that counted, of course, not talking about the preseason, uh, yeah. they faced each other. And, and oh, so, yeah. you know, it, it might be only right for them to face each other again. Um but in their last games, right? <laughs> yeah, well, in their last, and most likely their last games with those two teams. Yes, um, mm. I, I think that they both. Uh, I think that they both. I, I think Mariota, especially Winston, I think that he could maybe still have a career in the NFL. I don't know mm. if as a starter, but I think Mariota. I think that there's teams out there who will take a chance on. Him. I said this last week too, I believe. But yeah, uh, you know, I think that there is teams out there who will take a chance on him and, and just look at it like, well. You know, he was with the Titans, who kind of ruined him, yada, yada, yada. So, um, but nonetheless, 
I digress on that. Uh, Eagles Bills. I think that that's interesting, you know, because the Bills, like the Eagles, aren't a bad team, uh, mm-hmm. but we see what the Cowboys' defense done to them last week. Yeah, and the Bills have a better defense, so uh, I don't know what we're in for with that one, really. Yeah, I'd be surprised. I, I think it's going to be a decent game, uh, just because the Bills' offense isn't exactly the best offense in the world. Uh, so just like the Dolphins game, I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't see the the Eagles really pushing out a win there. I think they, just, I think they had a, a lot of uh, rebuilding to do at this point. Yeah, and and the Eagles have a really good run defense. So uh, mm. uh, unless of course they're facing off against like Zeke Elliott, but that's mm. beside the point, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, so I mean, Josh Allen's going to be depended on, but I mean, of course, if the if the defense can hold the Eagles to um, you know, a lower score than they, they, sh- they should definitely, this is, I think it's a test for the Bills. Uh, mm-hmm. it may be, it may be more of a test for the, for the Eagles though, really. Yeah. Um, Broncos Colts game. Yeah. Not, uh, yeah, not interested. Uh, mm-hmm. Cardinals Saints game. Honestly, listen, I'm actually interested in this. Um, yeah. and now it's I, one I of my intriguing matchups. I would say it's one of my intriguing matchups for this coming up week. Well, now uh, I would. I was just going to say. I know that you um, that you're you're now you're a Steelers fan, but of course you have a um, you have a um, admiration for the for the Saints. Um, yeah, for, for the second best black and gold team. Yep. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think. Well, and nonetheless, you know, both of them. Um, uh, or I'm sorry, not both of them. The Saints. I'm getting tongue-tied here, I guess. Anyways, the Saints, uh, I saw where today they, they let go of uh, Zach Sinner. I think that's his name. And um, and uh, they have – so I guess they're, they're expecting Alvin Kamara to play, which I thought for sure that they would set him. But maybe they're worried about the Cardinals. Maybe they think, well, we need as much as we can to help with the Cardinals. And so if Alvin Kamara is going to play, is there a chance that Drew Brees plays as well? I mean – Yeah, see, um, I, don't, I don't know. I thought about that earlier – and I think – I mean, there's definitely some rumors going around saying that they don't think that Kamara nor Breeze are going to play. And it's not that there's any disrespect towards the Cardinals. I think they just want them back at full health um, instead of putting them in too early. So, I think they're just trying to be smart about the injuries. But they know they're, they're – like, besides Michael Thomas, they're the best two players on the offense. Right. And, you know, and honestly, I, I could look at it. I think if they were playing in Arizona instead of in New Orleans – I think that we really could look at this as maybe a trap game in a way, especially okay. if they, especially if they don't play uh, Drew Brees and, especially if they don't play Drew Brees and Alvin Kamara, I could see it as maybe a trap game if they were playing in Arizona. But I mean, I, you know, like I, I know that you've been to the Superdome uh, during the Saints game, I believe, right? Yeah. So uh, you know, I've never been during during a Saints game, but I've been to the Superdome. And, um, you know, I know that that place is super hard to play at. And so I just, uh, yeah, uh, we'll get to our predictions soon. But nonetheless, uh, Panthers 49ers, that's an intriguing game of mine. All right. So you said that you were intrigued by the Saints Cardinals game. Why is that? Uh, really, because I'm just intrigued to see how the Cardinals are. They won three straight. Uh, I've been to the Superdome, like you mentioned before. And it is a very, very loud place when the Saints are doing well. So I don't think the Cardinals are going to do well. Uh, but I'm just kind of intrigued to see how the Cardinals are improving uh, with that with the three straight wins going into the Superdome. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think that it. I think that it is an interesting game. And honestly, three weeks ago, it probably wouldn't have been. But uh, the mm-hmm. Cardinals are on a roll. Yeah. All right. So uh, Panthers 49ers, I think that that's one of the most intriguing games of the week. Uh, Panthers, I mean, you know, they're on a roll with Kyle mm-hmm. Allen. Uh, Kyle Allen's going to start, um, even though Cam Newton – well, they said that Cam Newton was healthy, but now they're saying that he's not healthy. I, I, I don't know. I think that Ron Rivera is just, uh, you know, kind of padding his time before maybe he has to make a decision. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe waiting for Kyle Allen to lose. And then he's got, you know, kind of an excuse to go back to camp. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, of course, he doesn't want them to lose. But nonetheless, I, I, that just seems like a hard decision to have to make. Yeah. And um, it is tough because Cam Newton was 0-8 before uh, he got injured and Kyle Allen came in. And Kyle Allen's been 4-0. Uh, and I'm not saying Kyle Allen is the caliber of athlete that Cam Newton is. But right. uh, but I do think that that says something about – I mean, their records should say something about who's starting. Oh, Yeah. And the 49ers are, I mean, I mean, the 49ers, this is a tough competition for them. And, and granted, yeah, they've had the Rams, and that was a tough competition, and yada, yada, yada. But, I mean, the Panthers, I think, is a, a tough competition for them. Now, granted, I don't think, um, you know, I, I think that I think that Kyle Shanahan will be prepared for the Panthers. But, uh, again, we'll get to predictions uh, very soon. Yep. Uh, Raiders-Texans, um, you know, uh this match intrigues me, maybe from a wild card standpoint, or of course I said earlier that the uh, that I believe the Texans will win the AFC South. But if they don't, this is a this is a this is a game that might have playoff implications. And and really, with Patrick Mahomes out for the Chiefs, this is a game that uh, that the Raiders need. They need yeah. to win this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Patriots Browns. Uh, this I'm assuming that this is going to be on CBS and Tony Romo and Jim Nance will probably be the ones to uh, call this game. Yeah. Just I haven't seen anything, but I'm just going to assume uh, probably the big, probably the big uh, midday game um, uh, of the week. And, uh, you know, we expected a lot more out of the Browns. And so mm-hmm. this game should have been bigger than what it is, but I think it is still big. I mean, I, I, you know, the the Patriots, I think that they can really, you know, in my opinion, um, I think that they have a really good chance of doing the same thing to Baker Mayfield that they done to Sam Darnold and make Baker, uh, you know, see ghosts out there as well. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, But I, I think it'll be an intriguing game, though, just to see how what happens and how it goes. Now, granted, uh, I am on the Baker Mayfield is super overrated train, but mm-hmm. eh, well, maybe not super overrated, but overrated nonetheless. And yep. so, uh, and so I, I look at it differently. Uh, uh, Colin Cowherd and I are uh, we're not tight, obviously, personally, but I, I'm a fan <laughs> of his. So nonetheless, yeah. um, and then the next game on the docket. Well, we got two more games to go through, and that's the Packers and Chiefs. Mm-hmm. It's, this is kind of a letdown of a week, really. You know, yeah. because there are so many games. That if you looked at it at the beginning of the year, they would have been so interesting. Yeah, and I would have, and I would have told you, man, I want to watch that Packers Chiefs game, uh, no matter what. Now mm-hmm. I'm like, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I could pass. Like I'll yeah. pass. You know, I, I mean, and I, I, granted, I'm gonna watch it, but I mean, I don't like, I don't, I don't care as much to watch it. And yeah. and and really, that kind of sucks because you know. 
Um, it's all because of one injury, and that is to the um, well. I, I mean, one of the most popular players in the in the league, one of the best players in the league, and Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Um, and is that a game that you are? I mean, do you think that? And and without giving away your predictions or whatnot, I mean, is this a game that we expect to stay close, or we expect to, you know, maybe one of the other to, um, I guess take over take the reins yeah um you know i would think that to me it kind of reminds me of the last week's game the packers and the raiders i'm thinking this is gonna be a good game to probably watch and it was not so um i think that's probably what it is i think there's like an intriguing like i want to watch this but is it going to be like the packers Raiders game last week where Aaron Rodgers just goes off yeah i agree and see and i think the thing is is you know this is a game where I don't want to say that the. I don't want to say that the um, that the that the Chiefs maybe don't have a chance in this game. Mm. Uh, I think Andy Reid's a great coach, uh, you know, and I think I think that Matt Moore. Listen, I mean, Matt Moore is a, I think a serviceable backup. Yeah, and I think I think that it, especially if this Chiefs defense can show up like they did last week. Now, granted, Aaron Rodgers is definitely not Joe Flacco, that's for sure. Yeah. But, um, you know, if that if that defense can step up and be like, listen, you know, Patrick Mahomes, you know, maybe they need to realize Patrick Mahomes has been carrying them. And uh, maybe right now Mahomes needs them to carry him. Yeah. Uh, until he comes back. And maybe, you know, that maybe that puts a fire on them. And we just don't – I mean, it, it's definitely – I think it's an intriguing game still. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm not as I'm not as excited to watch it, yeah. Obviously, but I think it's an intriguing game still, just to see how it works out. And, uh, and you know, I um, yeah, I'm sure Mahomes will be there and he'll be on the sideline. And mm-hmm. I'm sure that's probably that's probably going to be killing him to be on the sideline for that game. I, I would think. Yeah. Uh, a game that's going to kill me to even uh, put it on my TV screen to even check the score is that Monday Night Football game, Brad. Oh, why not? <laughs> I know, I know it's your Steelers, man. I get that, but uh, I mean, without Big Ben, the Steelers aren't as, uh, I guess, explosive. Uh, but you know what, uh, Doug Hodges, uh, Devlin Hodges, uh, whatever you want to call him, I mean, he didn't do too bad. Uh, and well, then you know, I'm go ahead. Now I say Mason Rudolph is actually going to start this game. Well, he is, he is, but I mean, you know, but still. Uh, Devlin, I mean, he, I think he earned his keep as, uh, as definitely the backup, uh, yeah. for, for Rudolph. And now Rudolph, like, I, I, you know, what is your, what is your thoughts on this game? I mean, you know, and granted, and I, I know that you, you may want to be a little biased and that's fine, really. I mean, it honestly is. I mean, what is your thoughts on this game? Do you, I mean, do you expect it to be a, I, I mean, look at what the Dolphins did with the Bills. And I know the Steelers have a really good defense. It's really, it's really gotten good, especially after the uh, trade for Minka Fitzpatrick. And so maybe this is kind of a revenge game. I, he might be able to get an interception or two. Just saying, but I mean, mm-hmm. uh, it's on the game now. Granted, you're a Steelers fan, so you're going to watch this. But I mean, um, you know what? What? What is? You know, do you expect it to be a good game? Do you expect it to be – are you worried at all that the Dolphins may beat the Steelers? I guess yeah. maybe that's a question. 
Yeah, I would say no, and it's not because I'm a Steelers homer. Uh, I try to be uh, subjective uh, in my thought process, but uh, or objective. But um, but yeah, I would say. I mean, the the Dolphins just are just they're just bad. I mean, and the Steelers defense has since the week three has really improved. Uh, they're a good defense. Uh, Mason Rudolph doesn't isn't a bad quarterback. Uh, I think he's actually a really good a really good backup right now for Ben. Uh, he just needed the court uh, defense to come through. Now that they're on board, I think this could be an easy win for the Steelers. But we'll get into predictions later. But I, I definitely think the Steelers could have a good good time against the Dolphins. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I agree with you. Uh, I think, you know, even with predictions, which is what we're going to jump into next, uh, I, I think it's kind of obvious where – where we're going to go with this, where most people are going to go with this game. I think if you're picking the Dolphins to win, you're probably just trolling. Um, no, not, I'm not saying that the Dolphins couldn't win the game. I mean, I, I you know, this is the NFL and any day, you know, mm-hmm. any given Sunday, Monday night, whatever it would be. But still, um, I, I just, you know, I, I think that the Dolphins are definitely, uh, they're, they're taking for two, obviously, but still, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I will ask you this while we're on the subject of the Steelers. Yeah. Do you think that if they do finish in an area where they can get a top-ranked quarterback, which, I mean, it looks like they will, but I, like I've said earlier, I mean, I think the AFC North is still kind of up for grabs. And so, mm-hmm. they, I mean, they, they could possibly make the playoffs. Uh, but if they don't make the playoffs and they're, you know, let's say they're in, they're in the top ten uh, drafts. Okay. And, and I think they are at the moment. I guess they, they probably are at the moment. But um, do, do they grab a quarterback? I mean, you know, a quarterback for the future, or is Mason Rudolph the quarterback of the future? Uh, well, I think that's a little early to say now. I mean, Mason Rudolph is my second-year player. And I'm not right. saying rookies can't come in. I mean, we saw that with Lamar and uh, Patrick Mahomes last year. Um, so I'm not saying that, you know, making excuses for him. But I do think, I mean, if you get – I think the defense comes around. I really think he could be a good quarterback. I mean, he's not a terrible quarterback – uh, I think the Steelers have been nervous to let him go deep when he wants to. And so, I mean, I think if they let him, maybe it's the Dolphins, which Steelers are known to play really bad against bad teams, but maybe with the Dolphins coming up, maybe they'll be a little bit more confident letting him uh, unleash and, and throw the ball. And so uh, you saw a little bit of that against the Bengals uh, before he got hurt. But, uh, but yeah, so I, I think I think Rudolph – uh, it's early to say, but I don't think we need to go out and draft the quarterback right now. Okay, all right, and um, and you're—I mean, you're probably right, uh, but I guess it's just one of those things where the quarter, where the quarterback class in this draft is definitely rich, and so mm-hmm. you know, I think you know if you can, uh, I think if y'all definitely make the playoffs. It's probably a, a no-brainer that you don't draft one, mm-hmm. but. Maybe if you do, though, or maybe if you don't make them, I, I, I think it's interesting. Uh, how, how do you feel about Mike Tomlin? If they don't make the playoffs this year, is Mike Tomlin – you would you would you want to see Mike Tomlin still go or, or you know, uh, give it a go for another year? All right, so I got two things first. One, we don't have a first-round draft pick because of the Fritz Patrick trade. Uh, that's uh, right. I forgot about that. <laughs> number two overall pick, it doesn't matter. Uh, the Dolphins will get two picks in a row. Um and uh well, so so real quick in mm-hmm. all honesty the dolphins beating the steelers means that one they won't have an 0 16 season and two true. 
it just helps them in the draft even more. It does. It does. So, so I, you know what? This now it's kind of gotten intriguing because this might be the only game that they don't try to lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, but yeah, so so yeah, so in saying all that, um, I, I don't think I know for quarterback as far as. All right, as far as as far as what goes, a little bit there. Very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. as far as Tomlin goes, uh, I just don't think he has the discipline of the team. I don't. You just shows you that he doesn't have any control over the team uh, with Bell Brown, the locker room where you know only our lineman goes out there for the national anthem. Uh, ben just being able to run his mouth whenever he wants. Uh, I just don't. I think between that and then not being able to finish games, I think he's, he's he needs to go. Okay. All the Redskins right. Redskins can have him. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, well, they may take him, really. Uh, but all right. So let's jump into predictions, shall we? Uh, yeah. Last week, you cut the lead down to two. Nice. Um, the host record right now is 67 39 and one to 65 41 and one for the guest. So let's go through these week eight games and uh, let's make our predictions, shall we? All right. All right we'll start with the. Uh, well, there it is. All right. We'll start with the Redskins Vikings. Uh, I'm going to go Vikings here. Uh, I don't think there's really need, much need to say there. Uh, I think Kirk Cousins does well. The run game is – the Redskins don't do well against the run game, and it's in Minneapolis. I'm going to go Vikings at home. Yeah, uh, I agree. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. Vikings uh, is my pick. Seahawks, mm-hmm. Falcons. Uh, you know, the the Seahawks are 8-0. Uh, on the East Coast, or no, I mean, that was the Rams. Never mind, just kidding. I know he's an NFC West team, but either way, uh, I had the Seahawks beating the Falcons here. Um, I do too, and uh, Dan Quinn's fired right after. Yep. Uh, and uh, Chargers versus Bears. Uh, you know, I know the Bears have an offense, but I still like their defense, and I, I just don't think Phil Rivers is the same Phil Rivers you've seen over the last five years. So I'm going to have the Bears here at home. All right, we're agreeing a lot. I'm going to take the Bears as well. We I'll start disagree. picking differently. Well, <laughs> <laughs> hey, you're down too. You got – no, I'm just kidding. Uh, Giants versus Lions. Uh, so, this is this – is, I think this is somewhat of an intriguing matchup because the Giants get uh, Saquon Barkley back. Um, and I think that could be a difference maker for Daniel Jones. And I know it's in Detroit. I know Detroit plays pretty well uh, these days despite their record. Uh, hmm. I think I'm going to go with the Giants on the road because they have Barkley back. Well, Barkley was actually back against the Cardinals last week. But I, uh, but, but yeah. now, granted, he may have been a little limited. I don't, well, he I, I may not have been. But anyways, I, I, been. I, didn't, I didn't watch the game. I watched highlights. But, but nonetheless, um, I'm going to take the Lions here. Uh, okay. You take the Giants, I'll take the Lions. I think the Lions do have a better shot at winning this. But you know what? If it was at MetLife, I'd probably be more prone to take the Giants. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. Uh, Lions lose this game, and, well, the playoff hopes that they thought they had may be over. Yeah. All right, Jets versus Jaguars. Uh, I'm going to pick Jags here. I don't think Darnold, Darnold's going to see ghosts this game, but uh, Garner Minshew really not, hasn't been a, a bad quarterback despite them being, uh, what, three and three and four. Uh, but it's in Jacksonville. I think Garner Minshew has a good game against the Jets. You know what? I think that the – that Le'Veon Bell goes off and uh wow. and yeah I do and I actually think that uh I think that Sam Darnold uh you know 
goes and gets a cure for those ghosts he's seeing. And I think that I don't think he goes off, but I think that they will take the Jets. Okay. okay. Bengals versus Bengals versus Rams. Uh, I don't know if it does say much on this game. Maybe the the time changes and everything. Jet lag messes everything up. And the Rams get upset, and if that happens, I'd be shocked. But I'm going to pick Rams. Yeah, I I don't. I would not pick the. I would not think that the Raiders can do the same, or that the Bengals can do the same thing the Raiders did to the Bears here. I'm going to take Rams as well. All right, Buccaneers at Titans. Uh, see, um, hmm. See, that's another tough one because again. Uh, Ryan Tannehill actually did pretty good for you guys last week, throwing for 312 yards. Which, Yeah, I mean, he threw for 312 yards, two touchdowns, and the interception really wasn't on him. Uh, the Buccaneers, by the way, have the worst pass defense, but they have one of the best run defenses. So, Ryan Tannehill may actually be uh, – he may actually be counted on this week uh, more okay. than uh, Derrick Henry. But go ahead. I mean, who, who do you have winning this game? Uh, so I, I've teetered with this a lot back and forth, actually, since earlier this day. And uh, I much I like the Titans and the upside they might have in this game. I'm going to pick the Buccaneers on the road. Oh, okay. I'm going to take the Titans just because I feel like they have a new – I don't know. I, I feel like they have a newfound confidence. Okay. Uh, and, and I think that this is a team that they can beat uh, and should beat. All right, the Eagles-Beals. Ooh, uh, I'm going to take Bills here. Uh, I still just don't trust the Eagles' uh, secondary. I know it's Josh Allen, but Josh Allen averages about 20, 20 21 points in fantasy. So, uh, if we're betting on fantasy stuff, I pick the Bills here. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Bills, too. I think the defense is just going to be too much for the Eagles to handle, especially since after what the Cowboys done to them. Mm-hmm. All right, Broncos, Colts. Uh, <laughs> it's probably pretty easy. I'm going to take the Colts in this one. Yeah, I am, too. All right, uh, Cardinal Saints. Uh, I'm big Saints big at home. You know what? I think I want to go out on a limb. Oh, uh, do it, do it. It'll give me a, it'll give me a win. So, and I, I want to go out on a limb and uh, and say that this won't be that big of a big of a point difference, but I will pick the Saints to win. Oh man! Okay. I can't just give up a win, man. Come on, uh, Panthers, Panthers, Forty Niners. Uh, Christian McCaffrey's back. I want to say the Panthers are going to do well here, uh, but Forty Niners. Go ahead. Huh? I, I was going to say the Forty ers have a great run defense, and there there's people questioning whether or not you should start CMC in fantasy football this week. Now, granted, he's a guy you start every week, but nonetheless, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think this is Kyle Allen's real true test uh, since starting for the Panthers on the road at the 49ers. I'm going to pick 49ers here. I think that this is a, a really good test for the 49ers. And uh, you know what? I'm going to take the Panthers in, uh, in seemingly an upset. Okay. Raiders-Texans. Oh, yeah. So, I put this as an intriguing matchup. Not because of the names of the teams, uh, just the way they've been playing this year or anything else. Um, I know I like to pick the Texans at home, but I'm nervous. But I'm going to pick them anyway. All right. I'm going to take the Texans in this one as well. Um, Gary on Conley, he should be able to play for them against the against his old team in the Raiders. And uh, you know what? Maybe he uh, maybe a little bonus point for uh, maybe he picks off Derek Carr. Okay. Browns versus Patriots. Uh, Patriots, and I think it's going to be big here. 
I agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Patriots too. I I see no reason to pick the Browns, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, Packers versus Chiefs. Again, it's an intriguing matchup, and if, I know the Chiefs have lost one at home. I thought they lost two at home, actually. I think they're five and two. They've lost two at home. Uh, with them not having Patrick Mahomes, Matt Moore didn't do terrible. Uh, but the Packers' defense is pretty decent. It's improved. Uh, I'm going to pick Aaron Rodgers and the Packers here. All right. Uh, I'm going to pick the Packers as well. And if Mahomes was playing, I'd probably pick the Chiefs. I probably would, well, too. Well, actually, you know what? If Mahomes was playing, I think I'd, I think I'd stick with the Packers. Okay. Uh, just because – just because, I mean, they've already lost two big games at home to the Colts mm-hmm. and the Texans. And yeah. so, I mean, that home field advantage, you know, that, that Chiefs fans proclaim to have or, or you know, a really loud stadium, yada, 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 doesn't seem to work out too well for them. But, I mean, yeah, nonetheless, uh, I'm going to pick the Packers to win here. And okay. um, But I, I think that uh, – well, I'm going to be surprised if the Chiefs win, I, I, honestly, because it's going to be on the backs of their defense and Matt Moore. And, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> All right. Uh, this one's pretty obvious. Dolphins at Steelers. Yeah, I'm going to pick the Dolphins here. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to pick the Steelers here. I think Mason Rudolph comes back, puts on a show. Uh, defense keeps cranking it out. Uh, so, if you own them in fantasy, uh, I think I hope you're having a good time with them. Uh, but, yeah, I have the Steelers at home on this one. Yeah, you know, when I look at the Steelers' defense and how good they're doing – that alone makes me makes me pick the Steelers to win this game. Mm-hmm. All right, Brad. It's fantasy football talk time on the Golden Sports Golden Point Sports podcast. I'm getting a little tongue tied there. And with me, as always, is the one and only the fantasy guru, the fantasy guru, same tongue tied himself, and Jonathan Nardum. Jonathan, how are you doing today, man? Free phone football. I'm doing good, buddy. How about you? I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, all right. So, as always, we just kind of go through, um, you know, so, some guys that we think are, or well, you think, uh, are very startable. Uh, oh yeah. If, if you wanna, if you wanna start with run, if you wanna start with wide receivers, I, I know that there's a guy that's, I think, definitely a must start, and then of course you have some guys who are. Um, uh, definitely worth looking into, that's for sure, this week. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, I would actually like to start with – we'll just kind of get that out of the way. We'll start with them. I, I really am high on Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder. Granted, now we see that Sam Darnold isn't going to practice or hasn't practiced today, today being Tuesday, Wednesday, excuse me, when we're recording this. Um, I'm excited about Anderson and Crowder simply because of their matchups in the next seven weeks. Uh, they get the Jaguars this week, and then it, from there it goes Dolphins secondary, Giants secondary, Redskins secondary, the Raiders secondary, the Bengals, and then, then the Dolphins again. There's a good chance the Jets win five of their next seven games, and in doing so, Anderson and Crowder should really really look to see a major improvement to what they have done we saw anderson not last week against patriots but the week before catch that 92 yard touchdown he is definitely capable of producing one of those a game i'm not saying 90 yards but 40 plus yarder he is absolutely capable of producing and we've seen crowder in the first week with 17 targets i don't think he's going to see that many targets weekly but 
he definitely could be their chain mover in, in a PPR league. See 10 targets, eight catches for 75 yards. That's solid numbers for somebody. So I definitely think Robbie Anderson and Jameson Crowder are somebody worth owning now before they blow up. Nice. Uh, and I would think in the same token, uh, the, a quarterback such as Sam Darnold and a running back such as Le'Veon Bale in that same time period is uh, definitely worth uh, owning as well. Oh, absolutely. If, and especially if, if you could be in a position now to actually grab and trade for Bell and get him fairly cheap. And with that lineup, that could be something that you know that a Bell owner isn't going to look that far in advance. And if you actually have a Bell owner that's a struggling team, you might be able to get him fairly cheap. Okay. Um, all right. So speaking of running backs, uh, well, I'm sorry. I'm jumping all over the place. I, you still have some wide receivers to go through. My bad. <laughs> definitely, definitely with Adam Thielen being ruled out for Thursday night against the Redskins, Stefan Diggs is definitely a must start. Uh, we talked about him a few weeks ago about if that 100-yard and one-touchdown game, 125-yard and one-touchdown game after opening his mouth was enough to solidify him as a must start, and he's only produced since then. So he's definitely somebody that is a must start. Thielen's backup, and I, I apologize if he's listening, Ola B.C. Johnson is definitely somebody worth taking a gamble on this week against this Redskins secondary. We've seen Kirk Cousins light it up the past two weeks, eight touchdowns, back-to-back games, four touchdowns. Um, and he is definitely somebody worth starting as well this week. Kirk Cousins against former Redskins team. It's a revenge game. You like that, right? Yeah, I like that. So I think <laughs> there's a good chance that Cousins continues that momentum. Uh, Stefan Diggs and Ola B.C. Johnson definitely look to cash in. Well, two things. If Ola B.C. is listening, I need him to share this on Twitter. And also, uh, could it be a revenge game for Case Keenum? If you're maybe a two-quarterback league and uh, and you're thinking, hmm, hey, probably not, maybe not. But if you're in a two-QB league, you're probably, you may not have a choice. You know, I really didn't even think of that. Honestly, I did not even look that other end of the option. Absolutely. Uh, We tend to see guys play better against their former teams. For whatever reason, they like to show up. And I'm not saying Keenum is going to keep pace with Cousins, but there's a good chance that he throws for a couple touchdowns. Terry McLaurin has definitely shown to be Keenum's number one. And even though he'll be shadowed by Xavier Rhodes, he was limited at practice a couple days ago, and he has regressed from the past two seasons with being a shutdown corner. So there's a good chance that McLaurin has definitely somebody with Case Keenum throwing him the ball. Those two guys could see some solid production. Now, when we talk about Kirk Cousins and performances and whatnot, I guess we have to bring up the fact that should we be worried about it being a primetime game. And, well, we know Kirk Cousins doesn't really show up a whole lot in primetime games, but uh, I guess it's one of those things where they're facing the Redskins, and maybe that doesn't matter in this one. I think it's uh, there's a combination of both the Redskins secondary being that bad and just the sheer momentum and, and again, drive that he's had the past three weeks. He's thrown for over 300 yards in three, three weeks straight. Uh, and, again, like I said, eight touchdowns and back – those four touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. He's got eight in the past two weeks. He's got 10 in the last three. Like he's definitely somebody I think you should be on board with at least this week. There's a good chance you play him at least two more times here in the next three weeks between Washington and Dallas. I would kind of stick away from the Kansas City because teams have 
quarterbacks haven't played that well in Arrowhead against the Chiefs defense. Um, but he's definitely somebody worth streaming and, and rolling with the next two of the three weeks. Okay. Uh, and I'm and one league, I'm actually doing that. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, uh, that's how, I guess, bad it is at quarterback, though. Uh, the fact that I have absolutely no choice but to string Kirk Cousins, even if I didn't want to. Uh, but I do want to because, like you said, he's had good matchups. Um, and then is there any other – uh, wide receivers that we want to talk about? Yeah, I mean, just want to really want to touch base on John Brown against the Eagles secondary. We've talked the past few weeks about how bad they have actually been, uh, and last week we showed it as well. Um, again, 12 touchdowns through the air now through the last four weeks. Three of the last four quarterbacks have thrown for at least three touchdowns. Of those 12 touchdowns, nine have come to wide receivers. Brown was the only Bills wide receiver last week with more than four receptions. He's actually had four receptions in at least every game or has had at least four receptions in every game. Um, He's had at least 69 plus yards in five of six games. He's definitely the number one. And he's definitely somebody that I think you should trust as a number two this week, depending on how desperate you are. But number two, solid flex option against the Eagles secondary. Okay. All right, Jonathan, we had two big trades happen yesterday. And uh, I guess first things first, uh, Emmanuel Sanders to the 49ers. Is this, you know, the 49ers, I don't know. Maybe they just don't have an identity at, at wide receiver right now. Maybe that's why there's no wide receivers that are sticking out. So is this maybe better for Emmanuel Sanders? Or is this better for the, uh, for the uh, you know, couple of receivers that were left behind in Denver? I think it's a little bit of both. It definitely helps Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, he's been right. working with almost nobody's at this point, rookie Debo Samuel, who we thought was going to be one of the better options, and he unfortunately has just not been able to stay healthy. So this right. definitely gives him a solidified option other than just Kittle. And I do believe it actually helps Kittle. Yeah, I know I texted you a couple days ago and said that I thought it was going to hurt him. But I think it is something that it's going to allow the, op- the middle of the field to kind of open up for him. Because, again, Sanders, we know, isn't afraid to come across the field. And you can start running some crossing routes with these guys, and that could really confuse defenses. So I do think it actually helps Kittle – as well as Garoppolo, of course. But then when you look back at Denver, I know for a fact it's definitely going to help Cortland Sutton. We've wanted him to kind of get the ball more, and unfortunately last week he just missed out on a touchdown. Little button hook, turned right around, heels were on the goal line. Flacco hit him right there. As soon as he turned to dive into the end zone, he got tackled right there on the one. That should have been a touchdown. would have made that game that much better for him. So – it's nice to see that they're incorporating him inside the red zone and they're lining him up in different places. Deshaun Hamilton is another guy that we mentioned that you talked about. Hopefully it's somebody that he's able to get those reps and targets. I don't think Flacco is, we already know Flacco is not a high volume passer. So we don't think he's going to be somebody that is going to actually make multiple, like multiple receivers relevant on a weekly basis. So I do lean towards Sutton becoming that, and he already has been that solid number one for Flacco. Hamilton should have his good games against matchups in games where Denver is going to be trailing to where they're going to have to throw. That's when that volume is going to come into play for Flacco. So those are guys that definitely monitor. If you can get Sutton, grab him if he's still available for whatever reason. And then Hamilton, I mean, you know, if you can, if you're in a deeper league and you could, I mean, and you have the roster spot to maybe stash him, uh, he's definitely worth stashing, I would think. 
Absolutely. All right. Uh, and then the other trade. And uh, this one, you know, I was a little surprised that the uh, New England Patriots gave up as much as they did. But the Patriots traded a second-round pick for Mohamed Sanu. Uh, and then today they put Josh Gordon on the IR, even though Josh Gordon says he's fine to play. So it looks as if his time with the Patriots are over. And uh, But nonetheless, um, with Mohamed Sanu, though, is this – Obviously, I think he 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 moves up, but um, what is this? I mean, what do you think this means for him, and also maybe even for uh, Calvin Ridley? And uh, I mean, if Julio Jones wasn't already getting enough targets, uh, maybe a couple more couldn't hurt. I mean, <clears throat> excuse me, Julio's obviously we know what to expect with Julio. This is a right. conf- it should be a confidence build and a confidence boost for Calvin Ridley. He doesn't have to worry about Sanu at this point anymore. Russell Gage is going to be the guy that takes over for him in Atlanta. Who? Uh, it's right. definitely somebody that it really allows Ridley to to know that he has solidified his spot, his spot across from Julio. That's essentially what fantasy owners have wanted. Austin Hooper has definitely been that go-to for a struggling Ryan. I mean, the guy's not struggled, but he has struggled, so to say. Like, we expected that team to come out and be 6-1, and one, but unfortunately, 1-6. and six. So, it was a matter of dumping that salary. Sanu, I think, is owed, like, over $8 million this year. So, there's, there's a good amount there. But it is something that I think the Patriots knew Gordon wasn't going to be for us. He's a younger kid. And I want to say by that, he's 28. Sanu is... 29 so it's not like there's a huge difference with that but they have had issues with Gordon Sanu is not an off the field issue kind of a guy so I think it's to where they know what they're getting with him an extremely versatile wide receiver guy can play slot can play wide out we've seen him run all different types of routes and again he's not afraid to come across the middle of the field so they're going to allow Philip Dorsett, I think, to kick outside, really run with him. And then, again, we've seen kids Myers the past couple of weeks as well solidified in spot. He's caught every target that Tom Brady's thrown to him. That's what they want moving forward is they want consistency. Even though that receiving core might not be a bunch of big names, if they continue to produce, and with Tom Brady throwing dimes, there's really no reason for them to look elsewhere. So I do think Sanu is going to, push himself but I don't think he's going to be somebody that's going to be more than a four for 50 and a touchdown every so often I do believe it's still going to roll through Edelman still going to run through White Michelle's going to get his one yarder like he has been so it's definitely something to see Brady spreads it out I'd like to see them grab a tight end at some point Uh, I know there's been some news about they reached out to Tampa Bay about OJ Howard so that would be a nice acquisition for them that's definitely the position that they're struggling at the most well, they got Ben Watson back this week, and he seemingly had a, you know, a, a few other, a few targets um, thrown his way. But I mean, Ben Watson is definitely not the long-term answer. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think when it comes to the the Patriots, um, you know, the uh, from what I've heard and read, they've always been a, a they've always had an interest in Muhammad Sanu, and so uh, I think that 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 you know they finally were able to get him and. And granted, yeah, it's a second-round pick, but it's the Patriots. Bill Belichick can find a second-round value guy in the sixth round. I, I mean, uh, look at Tom Brady, um, for yeah. instance. I mean, uh, you know, he found the greatest quarterback of all time in the sixth round. So, yeah. but nonetheless, um, I think for, you know, for me, uh, 
you know, you brought up the fact that, you know, with, with the Patriots receivers, I personally, you know, I had Josh Gordon in a couple of leagues and I, I had to get rid of him. I had to get away from him. And obviously now, I mean, everybody's getting rid of him, but um, he just, you know, I, I couldn't trust him. I mean, I, you know, I, I had a couple of weeks where I, where I started him and I got burned. And so I, I just couldn't trust him because I, I do think that while the Patriots offense uh, is able to score points, they spread the ball around so much that it's hard to have a, a wide receiver who is, or even a running back, really, if you look at Sonny Michelle, uh, who is just, you know, the star, the, the guy who's going to get the ball no matter what, or, or the number one option. Yeah, but I think this Sanu has a good, has a good chance. And I think he definitely uh, is a better option than what he was back when he was, when he was with the Falcons. But, you know, nonetheless. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I mean, there were, like you said, there were a few games that Gordon should have produced against Washington and Miami. that He just he stunk it up. He laid turds. You know, and unfortunately, that's not what you want with matchups like that. So Sanu definitely has solid matchups down the road as well. I mean, their bye week is in week 10. But after that, they played Philadelphia, Dallas, Houston, Cincinnati, and Buffalo with Kansas City in there. But there's no reason why some of these guys can 100% be trusted down the line for the playoffs. And Sanu can play quarterback. Maybe he, uh, yeah. maybe he gets a, maybe he gets down in there. You know, maybe throw it to old Tom Brady. I don't know. But <laughs> uh, Tom Brady looks pretty versatile. You know, he's he's been running a couple of QB sticks. So, but nonetheless, uh, all right. So if that's it for the wide receivers, what about some running backs? Or uh, I know that you have a tight end who you're who you're high on this week. Yeah, there's a couple guys I definitely want to talk about, touch on with Alvin Kamara not playing again this week or not looking like he's going to play again this week. Latavius Murray looks to be this being his last week as a productive running back. Uh, We weren't expecting him to come out and have 27 carries for 119 yards and two touchdowns, literally 150 total purpose yards. I wasn't expecting him to do that, but it's nice to see that they trusted him that much. And against Arizona, there's a really good chance that I don't want to say he duplicates that number, but he comes up to the 20 carries, 100 yards and touchdown mark, you know, so he's definitely somebody worth rolling with again this week. Unfortunately, after this week, you're not going to have much of a return on him. They go into a bye week and then Kamara will likely come back week 10. So they're playing the Falcons. It's a great matchup for Kamara, a smash matchup for Kamara to come back to against the Falcons in week 10, along with possible Drew Brees. So Murray is definitely somebody worth starting this week and is almost a must start this week against the, the Cardinals. And then we had Kerryon Johnson undergo knee surgery a few days ago. So rookie Ty Johnson is, makes it extremely confusing to write an article because you can't just use their last names. So Ty Johnson slides into the role of Kerryon Johnson's spot. J.D. McKissick is quote-unquote pass-catching back, but Ty Johnson actually had more catches than J.D. McKissick last week. He actually had more targets as well. So when Ty came in, he had 10 carries for 29 yards, not the greatest, caught all four of his targets for 28 yards, which kind of helped salvage the day. J.D. McKissick had five, catch, or had five carries for 29 yards, which is kind of a bummer, but he also had just three catches. So it's kind of nice to see that even though McKissick being the pass catching back still only had seven total touches compared to the 14 that rookie had. So Ty Johnson is definitely somebody that is moving forward. The number one in Detroit and worth owning as well as worth starting, I would say is a solid number two. If you can roll him as a flex, that's an even better option this week against the Giants. 
All right. I'm too far on the waiver wire, too far down on the waiver wire, which is, I mean, I guess it's, it's a blessing in disguise in the list. But, uh, you know, because that means the team's doing good enough to to be able to – I was not able to grab Ty Johnson, but I did grab J.D. Uh, McKissick. And uh, I, because I just think that, you know, at least for right now, if maybe they're going to go with – let's see who the guy is. But, yeah, you're probably right. Ty Johnson definitely looks like he's going to be the guy – uh, moving forward, but that Lions team is still in the playoff hunt, and uh, yep. there, you know, there is a chance that Carryon could come back week sixteen. But if they're out of the playoff hunt, I doubt they bring him back. And uh, and yeah, so uh, but if they're in the playoff hunt, they may bring him back. And if they can do that, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's at the end of the fantasy season, so I assume that it's probably safe to say you can definitely drop Carryon Johnson. Um, and then yeah, um. Uh, if I don't know, is that it for the running backs? If that's it for the running yeah. backs, I know. Last, I know you. Last, yeah, not go least, we gotta talk about these guys. Darren Waller finally scored a touchdown, and not only did he score one red zone touchdown, but he caught two red zone touchdowns from two totally different quarterbacks. David Carr yeah. and then Mike Glennon came in in a blowout and looked his way as well. Caught seven of eight targets for 126 yards and two touchdowns. This is a great matchup for them. Also. Recording this on Wednesday, Josh Jacobs is questionable, so there's a good chance they don't have their lead rusher. So there's definitely a really high percentage that Darren Waller sees at least seven, eight targets again this week, and volume has been his good thing. Like that's, that's been a huge plus side for him. Facing Houston as well, who has allowed a ton of touchdowns to quarterbacks in the past few weeks. Waller has continued to dominate targets, receptions, and yards for the, uh, for the Raiders. He is somebody that Definitely needs to be started 100% across all leagues. Even if you have somebody like – I have a George Kittle-Darren Waller combo. I'm benching Kittle this week, rolling Waller. Um, if you have a – for whatever reason, you have a Kelsey-Waller combo, bench Kittle – or bench Kittle. Bench Kelsey with Matt Moore, roll Waller. We simply know the type of production, the floor level that he's going to give us. And Kelsey has not lived up to that, even with Mahomes. But there's somebody on Tampa Bay that i got to talk about, and it's not O.J. Howard. It is Cameron Brait. He has now scored in two of the last three games. And if we go all the way back to week one, <coughs> excuse me, if we go all the way back to week one, he should technically have five touchdowns. All five of those have come from inside the red zone. Now we know Jameis Winston looks, <coughs> excuse me, looks his way inside the 20. And he has for the past few years, really the last three years. He's got over 20 touchdowns from Jameis Winston in the last three years quietly like I said he scored two of the last three weeks he is not going to wow you with receptions and yards but it's somebody that could definitely 100% put up three catches 27 yards and a touchdown so he's had he's had three penalties called back in the past four weeks or four touch excuse me three touchdowns called back in the last four weeks I'm trying to get these numbers mixed up he is somebody that should be Owned as a number two bi-week replacement tight end because he does have touchdown upside. Like I said, he's not somebody that's going to wow you with yards and catches, but he definitely does have a, a sneaky touchdown upside, especially this week against the Titans. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, the Titans allow a great amount of uh, catches to the tight end, especially uh, Titans linebacker Jalen Brown. He was out last week, and that's one reason why Hunter Henry had as big of a game as he did. Uh, Jalen Brown's definitely the coverage linebacker for them, uh, and so if, if if he's out again, 
uh, this week, which it's looking like he may be, even though he's a limited participant in practice today. Uh, he could still miss. Uh, he's got a growing issue. Nonetheless, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about a, a defensive player. But uh, for Cameron Bray's sake, if you do need somebody, or even O.J. Howard, uh, I mean, I know that O.J. Howard's kind of been a written write-off type guy. But uh, nonetheless, uh, for both guys, it's, um, you know, it, it may be looking like a good matchup for them. And um, this could this could turn into a shootout. I, it really – well, I, I, I wouldn't say that. The, the, uh, it could be a chase, kind of, game. It, a chase could, game for the Titans. Yeah. Right, right. Which I – like so, Corey yeah. Davis. I do like the, the, the connection that he and Tannehill had last week. Definitely saw that 100%. So Corey Davis is definitely somebody worth starting this week. Now, Tampa Bay secondary, we've talked about them a couple times. Todd Bowles has really helped them and improved what they've done in the past compared to the past few years. So Tannehill definitely has definitely looked better than Marcus Mariota. So I do think it could become a chase game for the Titans, and therefore it could be points on both sides and the receivers. Right. All right. So, Jonathan, that is all. Uh, well, one thing I was going to say about Waller when you were talking about him is I have Waller in every league except for one, and that only league that I don't have him in, I have Kelsey, and honestly, I'd rather have Waller. Yep. I mean, you know, at this point, I, I wish I would have I wish I would have thought about it with Kelsey. I wish I would have been like, you know what, just wait for Waller, grab somebody else, but Kelsey was the best player on the board. And I just was like, I think it was one of those things where I was like, ah, oh, the name, you know, uh, he's yep. here, the name, I took him. And, but again, yeah, I, I think I'd rather have Waller. But nonetheless, if that is all, my friend, uh, yeah, I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming on. Right. Yeah. I appreciate you coming on today, uh, this week. And uh, as always, you all can follow him and uh, get the much needed advice that we all need uh, during this fantasy football season from Fantasy Football 101 on Facebook. And uh, he's always willing to help. And like I always say, he's helped me for a long time and uh, definitely helped me win some uh, championships and whatnot. I've I not took him out for a steak dinner or anything like that yet, but uh, if I ever get down to his way, I probably will. And then again, you barbecue a whole lot, so I may want you to, you know, uh, put something on the – yeah, you know, maybe, maybe something else. But I'll buy the steaks. How about that? I'll take, I'll take you up on that. I can, I, can, I can cook a mean steak. Okay, well, sounds good. All right, Jonathan, as always, I appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Robert. You have a good one, buddy, and good luck. All right, Brad. So real quick, let's talk about the World Series because it is going on. You have the Washington Nationals taking on the Houston Astros, the Astros with home field advantage. Uh, and this is a seven-game series uh, possible. Uh, I think the Nationals are super hot right now, and I think that they have a good chance of, of possibly winning this. But what the Astros done at the trade deadline and in order to make their team stronger is, is something that I actually personally like seeing. Um, and I just, I mean, I think that the Astros have built a too strong of a team to, uh, to go out to a, to, to lose the world series to a, well, a, a wild card team. Mm. Well, what is your, what is your thoughts on the world series this year? Yeah. So I want to ride the, uh, the hot team train, but we see this with like, the Colorado Rockies and this is probably about five, 10 years ago when they did that, or they come in hot and then they get into the. 
the Royal Series, and it just kind of fizz out pretty fast. Yeah. The, Rays, the Phillies a couple of years ago. Um, you know, the the Nationals started 19 and 31. I don't think anybody thought they would have them here in the, the Royal Series. Um, and my gut says Nationals in seven. I think that scares me the most about the Nationals is not the starting pitching, but the bullpen. I think because of that, I had the Astros in six, but I think the Nationals aren't going to go down easy by any means. And the Astros have really been struggling. They really struggled in the Yankees series, uh, the LCS. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I'm just picking the Astros. I think mainly because I'm scared of the, the Nationals bullpen. I, you know, I'm I'm going to pick the Astros to win the World Series. But I agree. You know, um, you know, I, I'm a big Cardinals fan, and so whenever the Nationals beat the Dodgers, and we, you know, we saw that. Cardinals would take on the Nationals. I was like, okay, well, I'd rather take on the Nationals than the Dodgers. Honestly, though, now mm-hmm. looking back, I think that uh, I think the Cardinals could have got a game or two if they would have played the Dodgers. Now, granted, I didn't expect the Cardinals to make it that to make it to the uh, ALCS or NLCS. Sorry, um, yeah, but um, but and they showed me why I shouldn't have expected that in, in the in, you know. And so it, it was kind of an embarrassing performance, but um, but nonetheless, I think the Nationals are a very hot team, and I think the Nationals could take the could take the Astros to a to a game seven. Uh, but I, I, you know, you said that the Astros in six. I'm yeah, gonna take, I did. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Astros. I'm gonna take the Astros in five. Actually. Okay. Uh, and as much as I want to. I mean, as much as I want to believe in the hype train of the Nationals, I just think that the Astros have too much to go against the Nationals. But, hey, congrats to Washington Nationals fans. Mm-hmm. You made it to your first World Series, and uh, and you, you got a good young core. Um, yeah, that, that Juan Soto guy, he's uh, – I mean, he's pretty, he's, he's pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, but nonetheless, Brad – uh, that's really about all the uh, Major League Baseball talk we'll put into this one. But um, let's talk a little NBA, shall we? Okay. Uh, I, you know, the NBA starts on Tuesday night. And, uh, well, you know, it, it starts with the Toronto Raptors receiving their rings, uh, taking on the uh, New Orleans Pelicans, who, well, they did not have – they do not have uh, – Zion Williamson, as he will be out six to eight weeks, um, and so listen, I I, I don't want to say that Zion's another Greg Oden, but uh, I, I think that he's better than that. But oh man, he he's not giving me uh, he's not giving me much hope at the moment. Yeah. So, uh, but nonetheless, um, I, I do look at the. Uh, and then, of course, we have the L.A. Clippers and the L.A. Lakers taking on one another in, well, L.A. Mm-hmm. And so, um, it's it's a it's all an intriguing matchups. I think both are intriguing matchups. But nonetheless, uh, Brad, just real quick, I you know the the NBA season. I was really excited for it this year. Uh, now, granted, I'm a Grizzlies fan. I believe. Are you a Grizzlies fan as well? I am, yes. Okay, okay. I believe you. I, I'm. I was pretty sure you were. Uh, and so I'm excited for that young core. I don't want to speak much on the Grizzlies, uh, uh, but I mean, I'm excited to see Jay Moran and JJ can do this year. 
Um, but nonetheless, I don't expect them to do anything as far as playoffs goes. But, hey, when it comes to playoffs, uh, I think that we would be doing an injustice not to at least say who are uh, – Western and Eastern Conference playoff teams are, and then we'll uh, you know, maybe give a little MVP and Coach of the Year and Rookie of the Year. Uh, but before we do that, I mean, do you have anything to say about the uh, NBA season? Uh, I think it's a lot of fun. I think I'm on board with you. I think with the uh, disparity in the league this year, uh, it's definitely uh, put me interested in actually I, – so I watch a lot of the playoffs, and I watch a game here or there in the season. But this season, it makes me actually want to watch the season – Oh, yeah. uh, throughout the season, because every night, I mean, we don't know who's going to win. Right. Uh, I mean, there's some cut favorites, but there's a lot of competition this year. I- I'm playing fantasy basketball for the first year, and so okay. uh, I'm excited about that. I I think uh, I'm not exactly I'm not as uh, our our resident uh, fantasy football guy, Jonathan Nardone. He he doesn't do basketball. He doesn't talk about he doesn't talk about fantasy basketball, so I can't go to him. But, uh, but I mean, that that's kind of gotten me excited. I know this whole China dispute has – it's kind of put a little bit of a damper on the NBA season, but I'm just hoping that maybe it's not talked about as much during the games. You know, let's, it's a dispute that's outside the game, so I'd like for it to be stay outside the game. But nonetheless, uh, it's a dispute. So, mm-hmm. um, and so, you know, that that's – but, all right. So, uh <clears throat> Let's talk a little bit about the uh, about the about the playoffs. The, who do you have going to the playoffs in the Eastern Conference? And then okay. we'll then we'll talk about the finals after we give the Eastern Western and you know such yada yada yada. Okay. Well, real quick fun fact about myself: uh, okay. the first fantasy league I've ever played in was in 2006, and it was basketball. Really? So, yep. My first overall pick okay. was so. Uh, anyway, so you might have been in middle well, school, then, sure, but so, uh, so who who was your number one? Who was your first pick? Uh, Shaq. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, yeah, well, uh, yeah, 2006. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, don't, don't tell people how young I am, man. Anyways, uh, <laughs> no, no, all right, uh, all right, so, uh, Eastern Conference. Who do you who do you have going in there? If you want to start with number eight and go up, you can. <laughs> I mean, if we start with number eight, I guess we could both just kind of go through hours at the same time. If you want me to, I can give you mine first. Uh, yeah, sure, go for it. All right. So at number eight, I have the Orlando Magic. Okay. Uh, the I Pistons. Agree. The Pistons are right outside the mark, though. Right outside. Uh, mm-hmm. number seven, the Miami Heat. Okay. Number six, the defending champions, Toronto Raptors. Wow. Number, yeah. Number five, the Boston Celtics. Mm. Number four, the Indiana Pacers. Okay. I think Ellen Depot can, uh, you know, do pretty good this year. Uh, I believe he will be back. But nonetheless, if he's not, then, well, I need to move them down. But <laughs> Uh, number three, the Brooklyn Nets. Hmm. Number two, the Milwaukee Bucks. And number one, I think this is obvious, the the team that tanked, that made tanking relevant, the Philly 76ers, the Philadelphia 76ers. Okay, yeah. So, 
Uh, I had the Magic at eight, and again, I had I had the Pistons at the nine spot looking in. Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna put uh, Toronto at seven. I know it's gonna be kind of surprising. I mean, uh, I, I have them at six, so I mean, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, so uh, I'm gonna put Raptors at at seven. I'm gonna put the I think I'm going to put the Brooklyn Nets at six. I, I'm still struggling to, to trust Kyrie Irving uh, by himself until Kevin Durant gets back. Uh, number five, I'm going to have the Miami Heat. Um, I think they can make a lot of noise this year. I think they'll do well. Uh, four, I had the Indiana Pacers. Right. I, I kind of do trust uh, Allen Depot and the Pacers this year with Miles Turner. And they're a really good uh, combo there in Indiana. Uh, number three, I'm going to put the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think with Kemba Walker and Cantor and all the other pieces they have going on, Brad Stevens has shown that he's a good coach. I think they can finish a third seed. Uh, and then this is where I want to differ a little bit with you. Uh, I grew up in Philadelphia, and I, I used to watch Allen Iverson and, you know, all that stuff. But I'm going to put them number two. Uh, but I think that the Bucks and the Sixers are going to fight one and two all year long. Um, and I think that will come down to the last week or two of the season on who gets that one seed. But I'm going to put Bucks at one. All right. Um, you know, you talked about the Nets and the Celtics. I really could switch mine around and I have to add feel comfortable with it. Put Celtics mm-hmm. at third and put the Nets at five. But okay. um but I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with what I got. I'm gonna stick with the Nets at three. I just I don't um I get I get the thing with Kyrie Irving, but uh I think that he he may be a guy who who really who really tries to show out this year because of the fact that K D comes back next year and then you know, I, I just, I mean, I think that, uh, I think that, I think that the, uh, I think the Nets are going to be okay. I don't have them going to the finals, uh, unfortunately, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll get to that after, after we say, who do you have in the West? And if you want me to, I'll go first in this one as well. Sure. All right. Uh, number eight, the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. I have our Grizzlies, uh, yeah, well, they'll they'll have they'll definitely. I uh, hopefully they'll have another high lottery pick. Number seven, the Portland Trailblazers. Number six, okay. the Golden State Warriors. And now, before I keep going, before I go on, I think that a lot of these teams could possibly be number one if they were in the East. Yeah, I agree. Uh, or at least higher. Like the Trailblazers, I think in the East could definitely be top three, probably. Uh, nonetheless. Yep. Uh, number five, the Houston Rockets. Okay. Number four, the Denver Nuggets. Hmm. Number three, okay. number three, the L.A. Lakers. Are you ready for this? Number two, sure. the Utah Jazz. Okay. And number and number one, the L.A. Clippers. Now I will put the Utah well, Jazz at number two. Listen, I'm a Mike Conley's no longer with the Grizzlies, but he he is my favorite player of all time. And uh, and he will and he will continue to be, uh, and, and so the guy that guy holds a, a special place uh, in 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 my mind, um, and uh, and so you know it's just one of those things where I think that he can help the Utah Jazz get over the top. But uh, yeah. we'll get to our finals predictions. But anyways, all right. So who do you have in your Western Conference of? playoffs yeah I, I have dallas at mavericks number eight uh, i have this the spurs kind of on the outside looking in i think the mavs have a lot of good talent uh especially young talent i think they're going to do well uh, i have them at eight seed 
Uh, seven might surprise some people, but with Clay Thompson coming out today saying that he's going to be out for the year, had the Warriors being at seven. Uh, Steph's going to be – he's a great shooter, don't get me wrong. I just don't think they're going to get in the top four without Clay. Uh, six, I have Damian Lillard and the Blazers. Damian Lillard uh, plays on a chip with his shoulder, and you can see it. It's fun. Uh, he's fun to watch. Five, I think I'm going to go with the Rockets here. I kind of flip-flopped them and the Lakers quite a bit. Uh, I'm going to put the Rockets here. I, I think it's going to be fun watching Russ and, and Harden and P.J. Tucker and uh, and Capella and all those others. And so uh, that I think they'll go in five. Uh, four, I'm going to put the LA Lakers here. Um, and I, I want to put them here because uh, I think it's going to take a while for them to get down Frank Vogel's system. And we don't know how healthy uh, Anthony Davis is going to be. And there's a lot of old guys on that roster. Uh, three, I'm going to put the Utah Jazz here. And I'll put them here because uh, they're a good team. They're on the up, the uppity up. Uh, and I think with Mike Conley there, I think that, again, uh, kind of gets them over to hump maybe. Uh, I don't know if I see them in the Western Conference Finals, but we'll get to that later. Uh, number two, I do have the Clippers, mainly because you just put kind of the two most injury-prone players uh, right now in the NBA on the same team. Um, and so I'm, I'm kind of curious to see uh, how much they'll actually play during the season. And then number one, I had the Nuggets. And I think I put the Nuggets there because – uh, they're young, they're consistent, uh, and they have Nikola Jokic, who I think is going to be an MVP race. So they're going to be fun to watch. I think they'll finish number one. Hmm. Okay. Uh, by the way, I have the Spurs also looking in on the Western Conference. Uh, speaking of MVP, before we give our finals, let's let's give our MVP, Rookie of the Year, and Coach of the Year. Speaking of MVP and speaking of uh, uh, Nikola Jokic, uh, I actually believe that – he can win the MVP this year. And okay. I think if the, if the Denver Nuggets can finish number one in the Western Conference, I don't see why he couldn't. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he obviously scores a lot of points. I mean, that's obvious. Uh, he's he's a big man who passes the ball a lot. Uh, I mean, and, and granted, that's – I mean, that's assist there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't want to sound basic with my with my thing, with my terminology here, but, I mean, you got to watch the guy. You know, watch the guy. He, he plays – I mean, he just – he plays uh, very – I mean, he plays. He plays great. Uh, that's obvious, uh, and um, he definitely. I think he definitely has the ability to uh, maybe lead the league in uh, in rebounds. Okay. So, um, and so, so yeah, I think that he's. I think that he's my MVP candidate. But I think LeBron James is probably going to win it. Uh, it just because LeBron James, even though he, even though he went through his injuries and whatnot last year. He was still one of the top players in the NBA, and so I think mm. that with Anthony Davis on the team, I, I think that he he may be able to be the top player in the NBA. Now, granted, this may be the last time he's ever the top player in the NBA, but um, nonetheless, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I I would like to see Nikola Nikoli Nikola. Oh my goodness! Anyways, Jokic, I would like to see him win it, but I think the LeBron James will probably take it. Yeah, I think if he stays healthy, I'm going to pick Joel Embiid. Uh, okay. I think he did well last year. I think if he can get past injuries, I think he's my MVP front runner with the Greek freak right behind him. I have LeBron James, number three, and Nikola Jokic, uh, number four. And then I think I'm going to put probably Kawhi or Paul, whichever one does the best there at the Clippers. I'm going to put them five. That's that's probably where I'm at. So I, I'm going to put LeBron James one, uh, Jokic. I'm going to put him two. I'm going to put – uh, the Greek Freak is number three. Uh, I'm going to put number four. 
You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna put number four as uh, Steph Curry. I, I think that he okay. can do great. I mean, and then number five is uh, Kawhi Leonard. Okay, uh, for me. All right, rookie of the year. Uh, I you're probably gonna have the same just because we're Grizzly fans, but I think he's gonna do well. I've 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 uh, John Morant, so I think he's gonna oh. do really well this year. Uh, yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you. I, I that's who I have as my rookie of the year, and honestly. I think it's because Zion, I mean, I think he's just going to be hurt a lot, maybe hurt too much to qualify. All right, and finally, Coach of the Year. Uh, Coach of the Year, I'm going to put Mike Malone with the, the Nuggets. Uh, I think he should have got it last year. I don't think he did. I think Nick Nurse did. Um, but I definitely think Mike Malone gets it this year. I'm going to take Quinn Snyder of the Jazz and, or, or possibly Doc Rivers of the Clippers. I think either one of them could win it. Uh, I would like to see Quinn Snyder win it just because, you know, I mean, he's he's not as known. Uh, and so he's, you know, he's a part of a smaller market team. But nonetheless, all right, so who is your finals? Who is the who is the teams in your finals? And then your, uh, then before you give your champion, uh, I'll, I'll say my finals. Okay, yeah, I think this year, I want to say it's going to be the Houston Rockets versus 76ers. Really? So yeah. you think the Rockets can go through the Western Conference? Can I think they can? With the team they have now, I think Chris Paul. As much as people want to give him credit, I think he was kind of their hindrance last year. Um, and so uh, Russell Westbrook actually plays. Let's talk a little college football, shall we? Number sixteen, SMU is going to take on Houston this week. Uh, tomorrow, actually, I'm sorry, I apologize. Tomorrow, Thursday, they're going to take them on. Number 13, Wisconsin is going to take on number three, Ohio State. Wisconsin got it uh, upset uh, big time last week. But they look to bounce back against Ohio State. I don't expect them to be able to do that. But, hey, you never know. Number 20, Iowa is going to take on Northwestern. Should be a good game for Iowa. You have number five, Oklahoma, taking on Kansas State. Oklahoma should be able to come out of that. Hey, you never know. It could be a sneaky good game, though. Minnesota is a uh, is welcoming Maryland into their place, and uh, we'll see how that goes. Number nine, Auburn's taking on number two, LSU. That's uh, one of my games of the week, and I expect that to be a really good game. That defensive line of Auburn, uh, it may be able to, it may be able to uh, call, wreak some havoc. I don't really expect it to. I think LSU can definitely come out with this win, but we will see. Oklahoma State versus number 23, Iowa State. That's a sneaky good game, as well as number six, Penn State versus Michigan State. Uh, you know what? Number 15, Texas versus TCU is a sneaky good game as well. Uh, as you can tell, I, I like sneaky good games. But anyways, Tua, Tua, Tua Viola looks like he's going to be out for Alabama against Arkansas. And maybe Alabama doesn't need him to beat Arkansas, but listen, look out. Boston College versus number four, Clemson. Clemson definitely needs to show that they can win this game by – that they can win this game like they should. Number eight, Notre Dame takes on number 19, Michigan. Always a great rivalry and uh, oh, usually a great game. Then, you know, later in the evening, you've got number 24, Arizona State, taking on UCLA. California taking on number 12, Utah. Utah, it's been a little disappointing this year. I thought they'd be better than what they are. They're still number 12 in the country, though. Washington State taking on number 11, Oregon. And then San Diego State versus UNLV. 
if you want to stay up until 9.30. I personally probably will not, just to watch that. But nonetheless, a good week of college football, and uh, have fun watching it, everyone. All right, for this new segment this week, we've kind of talked about a lot of different sports, the World Series going on. We've talked about the, you know, the NBA starting up. Um, we've, you know, we've talked about the NFL, obviously. And, and so, you know, just a little touch on it. Uh, I think the biggest thing, there's two big things. The um, uh, Drew Brees is saying that he's planning on returning versus the Cardinals. That's the, one of the bigger things. And then also, I think the other thing is this Josh Gordon situation. Listen, I, I just want to, you know, uh, Jonathan and I talked about it a little bit during the fantasy football segment, but I just want to speak on it a little more. I just think this is an odd circumstance with him. You know, the Patriots put him on IR, and then they take him off of IR, or not take him off IR, but then, but then he says that he's okay to play, so, is this just their way of? Is this this their way of saying, okay, well, we're done with you? I, you know, and it may be so, but I don't know. You know, I just I think that this is a weird situation. And honestly, if you're done with him and he's healthy, I think it's kind of crappy that he didn't that he wasn't able to that he wasn't able to uh, hit free agency. Which, by the way, the waivers. Four team starts, I believe, next Wednesday. So uh, maybe that's why. You know, maybe they didn't want the uh, Miami Dolphins to have the first uh, to have a uh, to have a crack at him. Uh, that was, yeah, that was kind of a, a light joke there. Anyways, but really, folks, that's really about all the news. Uh, like I said, we kind of talked about everything earlier in the show, and um, yeah, I, I mean. I just there's not a whole lot uh, to to see to you know listen the trade deadline is next Tuesday I believe and so we have a lot of things that are probably going to be happening between now and then uh, I know there was a there was a trade um, uh, there was a trade uh, the the Lions they traded uh, their safety Quandre Diggs um, you know he's he just signed an extension with the Detroit Lions, and he was named a team captain. And then he's, yeah, and now he's been traded for a 2021 seventh-round pick. Or he was dealt along with a 2021 seventh-round pick in exchange for a 2025th-rounder. 20, yeah. Yeah, I mean, but he said he's, he was blindsided by it. So, uh, but yeah, guys, that's really about... um. That's really about all the news, and uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And that's going to do it for another edition of the Golden Point Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Robert Foster, and I ask that you like and follow us on Facebook at Golden Point Sports. And as always, I hope you have a great and blessed day.